coming at you live Monday, August 15th, the year of our Lord, 2016, and I'm um, feeling pretty good for a Monday evening. Um, you know, kind of got through the work day, um, got the kids off to school, had a very busy weekend uh, that I'm going to tell you all about, and uh, yeah, um, kind of, I'm finding that this is sort of the slot in the day that... Uh, that I, I have a little bit of time to do something like this. Um, got home from work and got a couple minutes before the wife and kids get home. So, um, so yeah, let's, let's do another live at you. It crosses my mind that when I do my little, uh, my little, let's get into the podcast thing, the intro, I go coming at you live. Right. And then I was like, wait a second, but on, on SoundCloud, it's live at you. So it's at you live, live at you. I don't know. I, uh, didn't maybe didn't, uh, consolidate that one in my head live at you i think live at you sounds cooler for a name it is it is what it is i'm gonna say coming at you live and the thing is called live at you so um that uh, it's just a name a rose by any other name would smell just as sweet i think shakespeare said that or maybe it's one of those unattributable quotes i don't know Anyway, I uh, just got back from taking the dog for a walk. It is August in the Arizona desert, uh, the low desert, the valley, the Sonoran desert, and it is hot as balls. Uh, actually, let's find out. Pulling up the weather app here. It's showing me Sedona. It's 109 here, 91 in Sedona. Um, yeah, so quick walk with Jack. Um, he was excited that I got home, wanted to do something nice for my dog and, um, wanted to follow up on, uh, I was talking about taking him to the dog park and letting him off the leash, um, last time or a couple times ago. I don't know, but I did want to follow up on that. I've started at the end of our walks, um, dropping his leash as we're getting close to the door and letting him finish walking the last, you know, 10 yards or so to the door because he knows we're going home and he's already had his uh, opportunity to walk about and get uh, sniff all the other dogs in the neighborhood and stretch his legs a little bit. Um, and so I don't think he's really, he, he's interested in getting home at that point. There's air conditioning inside. Uh, he wants to go lay down in his backyard and uh, I can actually see him out the window right here. So I'm in the corner of my room. Um, the uh, selfie that is the the front cover picture for these live atches on SoundCloud is actually the little corner where I've been doing these. I uh, got comfy in, in the bedroom here at the, at, at the little desk that we have. Um, you know, it's just right, the, the chair might, creak a little bit. I think you can hear that. Um, but, uh, I try to try to be still or, uh, or whatever. Um, but, and then the other thing is I thought it was cool to leave my sunglasses and hat on for the picture, you know, a little incognito kind of, uh, you know, just kind of playing with, with selfies. Come on. We all do it. We all play with selfies sometimes. That sounds a little dirty. I'll, uh, let you finish the thought on that one. Um, playing with selfies. So I left the, the cap 
and um, my sunglasses on for the photo for the live at you. And I actually put it back on before I started today's live at you. I was like, oh, I'm going to go do this again. And I was like, oh, I need my uniform. I need my like my outfit like a superhero would have to go put on his cape before fighting crime. I was like, you know what? Let me put that cap and sunglasses on. And, uh, and the headphones are, are over it. I uh, had to use the earbuds the last time. Um, my headphones were out of commission because they have a cable on them, a thin little cable coming out of the headphones, and my cat chewed it up. I um, I was very protective of these headphones. They're daddy's headphones, and I'd known that the cat had chewed up other thin wires before that he finds laying about and that he likes to play with. Um, uh, bad Charlie. Bad Charlie the cat. You should not be chewing electrical wires or anything for that matter. Anything but your toys and your food. Um, he's chewed on me once or twice, but those are other stories. Um, stories for another time. I've got an agenda today. I need to stay on topic. I'm like, I'm like Donald Trump. I need to stay on topic. <laughs> oh, political humor there. Um, speaking of staying on topic. Oh yeah. So the headphones wire, I let my ba- my daughter, so I also mentioned this. This is a lot of throwbacks here. So I, I mentioned that my kids uh, spoke into the microphone and, and sang, and just, I kind of gave them the microphone. I said, here, guys, like, enjoy. Um, I put the headphones on them and let them kind of just play podcast, right? Um, which is essentially what I'm doing too, right? It's a, At this point, it's so informal and so under the radar that this is really just playing um, playing podcast. But, uh, but hey, I'm, I'm enjoying, and it's, it's content creation. And it's uh, therapeutic and all those fun things that it, that it is. Um, don't need to, to pigeonhole it into any one thing. But, yeah, so I was letting the kids uh, record their own voices into the computer because I thought that would be great to have that to look back on. And um, Emma was enjoying herself. She sat in here for like 40 minutes. I <laughs> just hit, hit record and walked away and let her do it. Um, she was singing and chatting, and I think she was pretending... I don't remember what she was pretending. I'd have to go listen back on it. Um, maybe she was pretending to be a news reporter. It definitely had something to do with Dolphin Tail, which she is super duper obsessed with. Um, I think she was pretending that she was hosting. Oh, yeah, I bet that's what it was. In the movies, they host this fundraiser, and one of the characters grabs the microphone and is introducing everyone and saying, Welcome to CMA, which is the Clearwater Marine Aquarium. Um, where the dolphin tail story, um, if you're unfamiliar or you don't have kids or, you know, that, so you didn't really have a reason to watch the movie, although it is very, very cute. Um, it's a, there's a dolphin that had their tail had to get amputated, um, winter, the dolphin. And, uh, oh my gosh, Emma would be so excited that I'm actually talking about it right now. Um, it, she could tell you all about it. Um, uh, had to get her tail amputated. And then they built a prosthetic for her to use to swim around. And um, that way it was protecting her spine. Um, I could go into the details. I've seen the movie 200 times. Um, But uh, anyway, suffice it to say, that's what I think Emma was doing. She was pretending to host an event at CMA. And it was so cute. So cute. And, And it's funny. She's like me in that way. You can just give her an activity. And if it's interesting to her, you just leave her alone. And she'll do it for hours if you if you let her. Um, or as long as it retains her interest. Um, so she's, she's very much like me in that regard. Um, so she was excited and then she wanted to keep playing. So she asked to wear my headphones around. I said, okay, but Hey, 
you know, these are usually under lock and key, right? I, I, I take really good care of these headphones. Please, you know, don't leave them around. Put them back when you're done. Sure enough, the next day, uh, sometime in the evening, she comes down. She's like, Dad, I'm really sorry, but look. And showed me the headphones that she had brought up to her room and left out. And the cat had mangled up the wire. So uh, I had to replace my, my headphone wire. Um, at first, I wasn't sure if it was the right size, but um, it turns out I just kind of had to push it in a little harder. <laughs> That's what he said. Um, so yeah, I've got the headphones back in action and the cap and the sunglasses. I feel like I'm in that mode, um, podcaster mode, live at you mode. So let's, uh, let's keep it, let's keep it rolling. Um, real quick, a public announcement. My wife and I were uh, discussing yesterday that the hairstyle of pigtails doesn't really make any sense because, you know, what pigtails is, is it's like two ponytails sticking out of, of your head. Um, and she goes, well, that doesn't make any sense because pigs don't have two tails. And I was like, yeah, so it'd be pigs tails, like plural. And we had a good laugh about that. It, it was actually was funny. She didn't really get it for us. It was like, so it should be called pig's tails. And she goes, she kind of gives me a sidelong glance, a quizzical look. And I go, you know, because you would need two pigs to make two tails. <laughs> and it just cracked me up that, uh, that we had that little back and forth talking about hairstyles. So ponytail, pony got dibs on the one tail, and then everyone else is pretty much just, uh, okay, look, how did we arrive on pig tail, pig's tail? Because it's curly? That should be a curly ponytail. That should be a pig's tail, right? I don't know. who who Who's in charge here? Who's making this stuff up? Are we making it up as we go? Who Whoever's in charge? We need to talk about pig's tails. Um, let's see here. So, Friday afternoon, um, I was, I had to work from home because my daughter was sick and, uh, she's thrown up in the morning, which was, uh, you know, I kept the kids home. They were very chill. They were both a little under the weather and one was definitely sick. Um, the older one, the uh, six-year-old Emma. So poor kids, but daddy's got to work, right? So I'm logged on, I'm doing my work, blah, 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 blah. I've got a phone call to hop on to and I dial in, I'm on mute. Fortunately, I'm not a major player on this phone call. So I get to kind of just be a fly on the wall and, um, you know, chime in if needed, which is fine. Um, but uh, it's nice to be able to just coast on mute on that particular phone call at that moment because my kids, you know, they need me. The dog's barking and going in and out. So it's a little tough to, to give my full attention to the conference call. Um, and uh, so I'm on mute walking around. And it, and I realize my older daughter's about to get sick again. So I rush her to the bathroom downstairs. Thankfully, we made it in time and uh, kind of, you know, gave her a reassuring pat on the back. Her hair happened to have been in a ponytail at that point or maybe up in a bun um, earlier that, that day before my wife went to work. She put my daughter's hair up so that she wouldn't be throwing up all over it. And uh, Emma's a trooper. She's pretty tough about being sick. She'll just go throw up and, and she'll just 
she doesn't need you. You know, she's like, just leave me alone. I'm gross. This sucks. I'm tired. Uh, I'm going to go throw up now and then uh, rinse off. She, you know, I think she needed me to help her grab a rag to, to wipe off her face with. But uh, so pretty gross. I felt really bad for her. And I'm kind of chuckling to myself. I was like, oh, this is disgusting. If the people on the other side of the line knew what I was doing right now, you know, they might let me hop off this phone call. Like, I've got some life going on right now. Or maybe that's just what we do. Um, maybe that's... Uh, an indictment on the the culture of uh, of America um, and uh, the the demands of the workplace, or maybe that's my own choice. I don't know. I could have used a PTO day. I'm lucky that I got to work from home. Um, so there's a smattering of thoughts about that. But uh, so yeah, I'm like, oh, that was ridiculous. I just had to help my kid throw up while I'm on the phone. Um, and. Uh, a couple minutes later, the conversation's going on. I've got my kids back on the couch chilling out, um, and they're they're doing fine. So I'm like, you know what? Um, my dog's outside. I'm going to go walk around outside a little bit because I'd been working at the desk, and my legs and back are all tight from working at the computer. Um, so I was like, let me step outside, get a little sunshine, and uh, stretch my legs, get a fresh air, and, um, you know, was pretty hot so uh you know heat up a little bit and pet my dog and and we'll finish out this phone call outside so i'm out there and i, I hang out with jack a little bit and then he goes to the bathroom and uh we, he, he's trying to he's trying to go number two and he's got like he gets the first chunk out and then he there's another chunk that's like dangling from what looked like maybe he ingested a human hair or something or you know it looked like it was just dangling and floating in midair it must have been attached by some very fine thread um and this poor guy it was dangling there but it was pretty it was pretty attached he kind of like did a shake and a wiggle and i was like oh man am i gonna have to intervene here he, sh he shook and wiggled. It didn't come off. He laid down and kind of leaned over. And I was like, oh, that's really gross. Like, he doesn't have hands, so he needs to go do that with his face. Like, his nose or his, his mouth. I don't know what exactly what he did. His hips were kind of blocking my view. But I was like, oh, that's disgusting. Like, uh, he's such an animal. Um, <laughs> and when he licks us, we call it kisses, right? So I, I'm like, oh that's gross meanwhile still trying to pay attention to this phone call and uh, just a few minutes ago had been dealing with puke and now i'm like oh my gosh i had to deal with puke and poop in the same phone call because i i end up having to pick up a stick and walk over there and help kind of like chop it off his ass because it was just dangling there on a thread and uh the poor guy couldn't get it off himself maybe he had maybe he knew i was there and he stopped short of like biting it off Maybe he, maybe he nudged it with his nose and was like, get the, you know, like, come on, get off here. Um, but he was obviously agitated and I'm sure he would have eventually gotten it off, but I, I wanted to help him. And I thought it was hysterical to be doing this on, on the conference call. So, you know, it's just like one of those life is funny things. And, uh, it was, it was kept things entertaining and, uh, wanted to share a funny slash gross story. Um, and, I don't know, it's just this reminder that life is always happening in the background. You know, it never turns off. If you pay attention to something else, life is continuing to play, right? It does not stop. Um, but uh, So Jack owes me one. He's been a good boy, but he does owe me one for, for helping him out there. So that was Friday, and the girls started feeling better over the weekend. And which was good because we had a very, very busy weekend plan. My cousin, who is in the Air Force stationed at Las Vegas, 
and his mom were coming into town and we were hosting them. I had completely agreed to host them and I was super excited to um, like weeks ago and never wrote it down. So it was a text out of the blue on like a Thursday or Friday before it was like, hey, you still good for us to come over? And I was like, absolutely. And I was like, wait, what the hell's going on? I didn't know if they're going to be stopping in, you know, what time they were going to get there, how long they were staying. Um, you know, it was like two males in the family were organizing a social event. So it was just only natural that it was going to be a little bit under communicated. Um, I'm pretty bad at that. I, I'm just like, all right, it'll come together, you know, whatever you need. And, and, it, and it sure did. Um, it probably could have been a little better planned and also communicated to the rest of my family what was going on. I know that uh, caught them off guard, but, you know, it really couldn't have worked out better. So the only thing we had on the, on the agenda for this weekend was snuggling and resting and enjoying ourselves as a family because my wife was back in town um, after being out for a couple days. And, uh, and then also I was playing my, my, one of my best buddies, wife's father's retirements, retirement parties, um, retirement party. So let me try that again. One of my best buddies, wife's father's retirement party. I uh, knew they were going to be in town. I was super excited to go uh, get to see my buddy Russ. Um, and uh, he said, hey, you know, we're in town for this retirement party. I said, could I play it? Like, could I? I would love to play that party. Um, you know, Russ is musical. He's one of my buddies that we've we've gone to a bunch of live shows together. And he's, he's supported me and my music habit. Um, super duper. Um, so I wanted him to get to see me. I wanted to add a little something to the party. And just, you know, that's kind of my love language. That's what I have to bring to the table. That's something that I can contribute to a party. And live music is really fun at parties, I, I, I think. Um, maybe I'm a little biased, but um, playing private parties is great because there's no pressure on you to draw an audience, right? There's a built-in crowd of people looking to have a good time. All they're there to do is, is kick it, right? Um, there's no other agenda. Um, it was, uh, I did set up outside. So I'm very tired today, although I'm, this has gotten me energized, which is great. Um, part of what I was looking to get out of it. Um, I was very tired during the day today. I think I had gotten dehydrated from playing outside and not drinking enough water and, and having a couple beers. Um, but yeah, that sun just takes it out of you. It was probably 100, 110 while I was setting up and playing outside. Um, but it, it went very, very well. And I approached it. It was sort of you know, a hybrid between being social and, and putting on a show, um, which was really neat. Part of my favorite thing about it was during set break, I got to put on my swimsuit and hop in the pool to cool off, which was fantastic because my, my kids, uh, my, my wife and kids tagged along, you know, that we kind of have, we've stumbled into this sort of, you know, come to the ones you can come to because there's a lot that you can't. You know, so if it's cool that the wife and kids tag along, yeah, come come see me play. Um, if nothing else is going on, that way we get to be together. So, um, and I, I appreciate that so much um, that my wife is willing to, you know, make sure take care of the kids all by herself while I'm very much preoccupied doing my music thing. Um, 
So I know that that's one of her love languages for me is, is that act of service um, to free me up to, to play music and put on a show. But uh, so the, be- the best thing about that was my kids were in the pool and I got to take a step break and throw them around the pool and, uh, you know, just play with them um, for, you know, 15, 20 minutes. And then um, while, they, you know, they were doing some opening some presents and, and doing some other things. So, um, you know, it was totally appropriate for the music to take a break and and let me say hi to my buddy and hang out with them a little bit. Um my aunt and cousin had come along too, right? So, like I said, we just kind of threw it together, um, and it was a more the merrier kind of thing. Uh, they were so sweet and, and such gracious, gracious hosts about it all. Um, and uh, so there was quite a little crew of us, and um, just super great to get to play for my family and um, f- for this for this party. And I think it went over very well, although it, it started off on a rocky rocky start started off on maybe not the best foot so i get there unload my equipment figure out where to set up i get all set up um one of the the funny nuances was i wanted to be a little bit out of the way but there was this little um i don't know what you would call them little bricks um little pavers type thing so you know whatever the the patio was made out of there was a little break and some some just earth and then another little patio of just like very small maybe four by four um of bricks and i was like you know what it's kind of like a little stage i'll set my pedal board up right here i was under a tree so i was in the shade um the only thing was there was like a million little ants running around at that spot and i was like "Ooh, i hope these are ants you know they're little bugs i didn't take much time to look at them closely but i was like oh man what if those worst case scenario those are termites um and they like live inside my gear and i bring them home and they eat all my gear my pedal board and stuff uh russ actually reassured me he goes well hey man you know only the board is is wood and that's replaceable and i said all right good point but i was also thinking about like speakers and monitors and stuff i was like i bet there's yeah there's got to be wood in there right the the little monitor it's got to be made out of the 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 case it's at least has to be made out of wood so i was like all right so we're, we're dealing with termites or or ants you know in my nightmare it was termites it was probably just harmless little ants um, and I was like, all right, so already that's just a little unnerving, right? Uh, I don't really want to be stepping on these bugs. Um, you know, they're crawling on my pedals. So when I go to kick on my wah, I'm like, I potentially just killed a bunch of ants. And, I, and here I am singing about peace and harmony, um, you know, trying to be, put people in a good, happy, peaceful mood. And I'm over here. It's like an ant massacre. Um, so and it's, this is the sort of self-doubt and the sort of nightmares that can happen inside of my mind when I'm like getting set up. Because for me, there's nothing worse than getting set up and also not giving yourself enough time. I should have been there early to set up when it was stress-free. I got there pretty much when the party was starting and a lot of folks were already there. And I was like, oh man, I would, I, I wish I had done this earlier. But, um, you know, it's just if anything goes wrong, you've got time to troubleshoot. You're not in people's way. You're not, uh, you don't accidentally get some feedback while you're setting up, you know, your sound check, you actually have some time to, to figure it out. Um, I've got a new trick lately for sound check at the solo gigs. If I'm all by myself, I will loop a little section of, um, for instance, day to day, is, is a good tune to loop because it's got a thumpy little guitar part that I want to be 
um, in, in a nice balance with the vocal on. So I'll just record a verse of that and then loop it, and then I can put my guitar down and go walk out in front of the mains, right? Because as a solo performer, you're trying to get a good mix out of the mains as well as your monitor. Your monitor mix is going to be what's pointing back at you. It's a little speaker on the ground, um, and, and usually that has its, its own um, mix, so you can specify if you want more vocal, uh, more guitar. Um, I tend to just try to give it to me how it sounds good and then try to replicate that through the mains. Um, but you know, if you need to tinker with the EQ, um, if it's too bassy or if it sounds muddy, um, if it's too tinny and on the verge of feeding back, you know, maybe you pull the highs down a little bit. So those sorts of things, um, or if you're outdoors and nothing, there's nothing for the sound to bounce around. Maybe you want to crank those highs a little bit to give it a little bit extra clarity as it's going out into the open air. So all those kind of things you can do with just, you know, what, what you're looping through, right? If that's the last thing in my daisy chain of pedals and sorry, I'm getting a little technical here, but Hey, hopefully there's some musicians listening to this too. Um, if it's the last thing coming through there, that, that's a, that's the, the true signal there. Um, so provided that you leave your knobs and things on your pedal board the way it was, you can go, you know, mess with the, the EQ or the volume of your main audio, which is coming out of your speakers, right, and get it to sound decent. So that's been a really cool trick. And I was like, I gave myself props for that one. I was like, you know what, this worked out pretty well. Because before that, it was, it was basically, you know, you strum your guitar, you sing into your, um, into your mic, maybe your monitor volume is all the way down and you listen for, okay, how does this sound to my ear? Or maybe you can even walk out there in front of the speaker a little bit, stick your head out in front of it and uh, play your guitar a little bit, see how that sounds. And then uh, after that, I mean, once you get started, you're, you're at the mercy of what you set and the feedback that you get from other people. Um, if somebody says, Hey, you know, that, that guitar needs to come up or, Hey man, crank it. Uh, you know, sometimes people do that and which is extremely helpful. I don't mind when people try to play sound man for me when I'm by myself, cause I don't have a same mouse. So, um, oftentimes that's, that's really good. What I wouldn't want and what used to happen a fair bit, um, especially with bands back in the day, just cause I think we, we just had such bad, um, sound because we were, you know, drummers were playing really loud and just trying you're trying to be a rock band in a small room it's tough to make that sound good but it would bum me out when people after the fact were like yeah that was really fun you know good job it was fun seeing you rock out um we couldn't hear you singing um or you know we couldn't hear uh howie on the guitar or you know it's like oh well shoot man like thanks why didn't you tell us an hour ago you know before we played so um, it is good to get feedback, um, although, you know, you got to be careful with that if you're at a professional venue and, uh, you know, your, your girlfriend is all drunk and wants to hear the tambourine player more. It's just yelling at the sound man to turn up the tambourine player like that might not be too, um, too good. Might want to might want to regulate that one a little bit. More tambourine, more tambourine. So the party, uh, so the ants, right? What, what else was auspicious about the start of my set at the party was we used a little RCA cable, um, you know, the, the red and white knobs that, uh, that go into just a regular sized 
um, little eighth inch cable to plug into the uh, my buddy's iPhone. He had had a playlist, and this was our plan too, was to have a playlist to play during the set breaks and stuff. Um, and it was playing his playlist, and we didn't realize at the time it was the source of this clicking sound through the the speaker. Was like so it was it was playing songs, but then it was also like. And like, obviously, a malfunction and sounded bad and unprofessional. And I was like, "Fuck!" And when this kind of stuff happens to me, when I'm already stressed, I start sweating. I start getting really upset and down on myself. I'm like, I should have known better, you know, and this is my equipment. And if the equipment fails, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't even have like a little backup amp. I would be so so immediately. I'm like, what's my plan B? My plan B is to walk around with my acoustic guitar and try to sing like to people as I don't know, set up somewhere and try to sing, which probably would have been fine. You know, like no one was expecting anything. This was way over the top for this retirement party. Nobody really asked for live music. I was just like, guys, this is going to make it a party. And my buddy was all about it and his wife was all about it. So I was like, hey, we're in with the family. Um, you know, we had actually visited them when, when they were out here before. Um, and it's great that they have an excuse to come out to Arizona to, to get to see those guys a little bit. Um, really, really good buddies from back east. And uh, so, you know, that... that the guy who was retiring, he knew us and he loved our family and it was a family friendly event. You know, other people had their kids there and stuff. Um, so it, it worked out great, but it was a little bit over the top. Like I was just like, I'm here <laughs> bringing in all my speakers and like multiple guitars. And, uh, you know, this, this, uh, my buddy's wife was like, you know, I don't know if my dad understands how like professional this is going to be. And I was like, well, yeah, hopefully it's, hopefully it'll go off well. And, uh, so I'm, I'm annoyed and I'm trying different things. I'm, I'm unplugging. I, so I didn't know it was that faulty cable. Um, and I was just hearing, and I'm trying to sound check and figure out if my guitar and vocals are good. This clicking won't go away. I unplug stuff, plug it back in, turn the PA off, turn it back on still. And I'm like, Oh man, this is horrible. I, I even tried to start at one point and I was like, you know what guys, like I was just see, see if it, you know, here we go. Working through some technical difficulties, going to sound check this tune real quick, played a couple bars of get you. And then it was, you know, and I was like, Oh no. So I turn it off and I'm just like exasperated. And my buddy's like, you know what, maybe it is that cable. But, uh, so we pull out the cable and sure enough, and it should have been obvious to me from the get-go because that was the one thing that I was doing different than how it had just been set up that morning in my house where I was practicing and it sounded fine. Although I don't run through the speaker mains in my house. I'll just have a little monitor pointing back at me. So, you know, I I was frazzled. Maybe wasn't thinking all that straight to eliminate the obvious thing first, which was this podunk little cable that was running the the iPad or the iPod music rather. So we pull that out, the um, clicking goes away and I'm like, okay, cool. So then I get to start my set in earnest. Um, And I sound bad and timid and I wasn't in the groove for the first couple tunes. Um, I don't remember what I opened with 
but I remember thinking like, can I do this? Like my fingers didn't feel like I, so I wasn't warmed up. First of all, um, I was hot and bothered from it just being outside and sweaty and, and Arizona summer. And then I was stressed out by the sound gear thing, um, and the ants, but I was pretty relieved so I was like, you know what, we're going to power through this. I can do this. We're going to get it going. Um, you know, and, and also it takes a song or two to get your guitar dialed in the way you want and, and to just step into the groove. Um, fortunately, folks were mostly inside at that point. They had put out some food and people were mingling. So I was actually only playing to like, uh, you know, one or two folks and a couple families that were swimming. Uh, my buddy was coming back and forth and checking on me. He did the nicest thing in the world. He brought out a beer in a little bowl with ice and set it down in front of me. I was like, oh, that is fantastic. So I had a cold one waiting for me, which was uh, just is so sweet and a uh, very, very nice moment. And so it takes me a couple songs to get into the, the flow of it all. But I eventually do, and folks are starting to, to come outside. The sun is going down, temperature's cooling off, people are enjoying the pool. So it's, it turns into a little party in the backyard, right? We are having a nice time. Um, then uh, kind of, I think I did my little plug where I say, you know, I've got a song list up at GarrettAndersonMusic.com. Feel free to go there and request a song that I know. And somebody shouts out from over by the pool. They go, uh, play the cars. And I was like, just what I needed. And I was like, all right, cool. We got our first request of the night. And I did that. And then it started feeling real good again. I was like, okay, cool. Like this works. People are engaging. Um, I'm getting to accommodate some requests. And then the rest of the evening just kind of unfolded very, very nicely. Um, Hold on, my dog needs to come in. Just a sec. All right, and I'm back. Um, so yeah, I played just what I needed, and um, you know things start going going really well. Um, I get into the groove. Played mostly covers. You know, I just wanted to put on a party. Um, played a few originals. Worked in a couple. Um, Mountain Trail went on this crazy fun little, sometimes, you know, if I'm in the middle of a set, I'll try to play a couple tunes back to back to back, especially if I think people are, are really listening and, and engaging. It's like, all right, let's, let's take everybody on a little journey here. Let's play a little, um, Mountain Trail and mixed in a little Midnight Rider and, and something else. Can't remember what else. Um, oh, Start Me Up by the Stones. Um, and, uh. I got back to Mountain Trail. It was just real fun, good little jam. Anyway, um, I learned a Ween song because my buddy who was visiting was a big Ween fan, and I never covered a Ween song before, so I learned Transdermal Celebration at the suggestion of uh, our other good buddy, Mark. And I wanted to play that one early in the day, so, you know, I knew that I had his attention and I knew that I was sober enough that I could read the lyrics and, and perform it all the way through. Because I had practiced the chord progression, but only earlier that day had I printed out the lyrics, um, so I was kind of cheating with those. I played um, Good Lovin' and got a pretty good uh, loop going on that so I could play some lead guitar. Um, my version is somewhere in between the good rascals. Is it the good rascals? The little rascals? Wait, the, just the rascals. Little rascals is the kids with alfalfa and spanky. 
Um, and I think it's just the Rascals, Good Lovin'. So they do like the Motown version. I don't know which came first um, or who, who wrote it, but I know the Grateful Dead did it as well. Um, I think the Dead were probably covering it, right? It's not a Dead original, is it? So the Grateful I've heard Grateful Dead play some versions. So my version is somewhere in between those two. And it's really, really good just sort of... It's a comf- oops. It's oops, my cable acted up on me. There we go. So it's a, a comfortable tune for me to jam and puts me into party mode and feel good mode and people can sing along and uh, you know good love and talking about a good good love and all that all that fun stuff. So I played the Ween song and during during good love and I noticed. Um, this guy that was like sort of a you know um, middle-aged dude with his wife they were dancing and I had noticed that he he was he was feeling good he was feeling the drinks and feeling the pool vibe and the and the music and him him and his wife were making out like hardcore like public affection right in front of me like and right in front of everybody else too like they were like this is the dance floor we're dancing and making out and it was cute and romantic and like you know I was like oh wow look at this and then the thought crossed my mind as I was I was jamming. I was like, oh, that's interesting. I was like, you know what? I wonder I wonder if they're going to go home and make some sweet love tonight. And then I was like, wait, did, did I help make make that happen <laughs> in my own little way? And I was like, wait a second. Over all the gigs that I've ever played, I wonder how many people like got hot and heavy during the set and then went home and, and, uh, and took care of business with each other. Um, and I was like, oh, that's that's so funny. They were making out hardcore. I was like, "Oh man, they, they are they are feeling each other right now." And music has that effect. I wouldn't take credit for it. I'd, I'd say the music is, of course, doing that. But uh, you know, I'm the facilitator, so it's like, wow, you know, maybe I've facilitated some babies being made. I don't know. It's possible. <laughs> So that uh, that cracked me up. And at this point, you know, the stick was out of my ass. I wasn't sweating profusely for no reason. Um, you know, I, I wasn't sweating from being panicked about the sound gear working. Um, I was even a little worried about uh, this new A6 Godin that I have. Um, one of the pickups is acting up on me and... It's the uh, the acoustic pickup of the of the two pickups, and this guitar sometimes just goes on the fritz, and I'm like, damn, because I just got it back from the shop, so I might need to to ask those guys to take another quick look at it. Um, but I was like, all right, I brought the other guitar along just in case, so there was a plan B. You know, the world wasn't gonna end, but I was nervous that the guitar was gonna act up. So when I started, it it even made me play a little bit timidly, right? I wasn't trying to to get into the, you know, really grooving and rocking out on it. I was kind of just timidly finger picking. And when you're doing that, it's tough to keep the groove, right? The groove is in your whole body, right? I kind of need to be tapping my toe and, and, and shaking my head and, and then letting the hands kind of come out of that, right? The motion starts somewhere in your core, I guess, or, or in your feet or, you know, in your heart. Oh, it, it starts in your heart. That's, that's the nice way to put it. It starts in your heart and then emanates out from there. And your fingertips are pretty far out. So if you're trying to start at the fingertips it's 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 you're gonna have to get lucky to hit the groove right it's got to start from the heart that's 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 what it's all about so i uh at this point you know things are going well i'm not nervous anymore we're grooving people are requesting stuff Uh, played a little john mayer for some folks uh, played uh, another uh, Grateful Dead tune for a guy, worked in the song Stay by Dave Matthews Band uh, because someone was like, yeah, it's pretty hot. And I was like, oh, let's sing about 
sing about being hot. Had a couple beers, got to play with my kids at set break. So, so fun. So it really turned out great. Um, and actually, in, in towards the end of my first set, I noticed a guy that was like, hey, you're doing great. And he, he put a plastic cup down and I think a 20 in uh, and I was like well damn you know it was like or it didn't matter what it was but he started a little tip jar for me and I was like oh okay this is kind of awkward because I'm totally volunteering like this is just fun for me um it was private party gig and that I was you know completely volunteering because it was family friends right and I was like that's unnecessary but really appreciated and he was like hey man you sound good you know thank you this is fun and sure enough, over the course of the night, especially folks that were engaging and requesting songs and, and having fun, they threw a couple bucks in there. So I was like, hey, you know what? That was a really natural economy that, that sprouted up out of here. You know, they didn't need to do that, but they were showing me appreciation via money, right? And I was like, oh, that is a very nice form of appreciation. Um, so that was really cool. Um, there's been some bar gigs where frankly, you know, when I was growing up, it was, the tips was so far away from what mattered to me that I would forget to put a tip jar out. And I still do sometimes. And, and I sort of purposefully forgot at this party gig, cause I thought it would have been tacky to put up my tip jar and my, my CDs and my business cards, right? It wasn't about me. It was about this guy retiring. So, um, you know, I, I came at it with that sort of attitude. And then these folks, brought it, you know, brought it into the situation that there was a tip cup and, and people were throwing some money in there. So that was really, really nice. And I was really touched by it. And, uh, you know, hey, it covered the gas um, to drive there, right? You know, or, or for whatever it was, you know, it went towards, you know, the next pack of guitar strings or, or whatever. Although lately, I've not been changing my strings with much frequency at all. I just let those things get get old and dull and soulful. I like it. Speaking of which, I might play a tune right here. Um, uh, really quick, I, I did make some notes. That's why I'm pausing to read this note on my phone about the gig and what I wanted to talk about. Um, it was the best set break ever when I got to swim around with my girls in the pool. Oh, so after, um, after I swam around, I did want to play a little bit more. The party was supposed to wrap up about 8. It was about 7.30, and I was like, you know what, let's play a little bit more. And, um, it had gotten pretty dark and I couldn't read my lyric book anymore and I didn't have a light for it. So it constrains me to only play covers that I know the words to, which is actually really great because then I'm not multitasking with trying to read and sing and play guitar at the same time, right? It cuts out the reading part. And then instead of reading words, I'm, I'm getting them from my memory. And it's just a, overall, I think a better, more complete, soulful delivery of a tune, right? It's great to have the lyrics there to reference, to get through a cover that somebody wants to hear. Somebody requested Werewolves of London, right? For whatever reason, I don't have that memorized yet. So I had to kind of read it, and it it comes off as a little bit more of a simplistic version of it, right? Um, but there's a few tunes that I do have memorized. Um, I did Call Me Al. I did Crazy by Seal. And um, the uh, the guy who was retiring, his daughter, so my buddy's wife, she wanted to hear Tribute by Tenacious D. So I played that pretty late in the night. And then I wrapped up with an original So Sad So Soon. 
and it was very, very sweet after I, I so I played so sad so soon, um, kind of hung out with my buddy for a little bit, and then I went over and gave my, my aunt, um, you know, a little pat on the back. I said, hey, thanks for listening, and she goes, you know what, that was really nice. It's so good to get to see you perform. Um, she had been talking with one of the other guests for, for quite a while, so she was having fun too, and she goes, and you know what's great is I got to sing along with So Sad So Soon because um, my son, so, so my cousin, um, he put portraits of the young man as an artist onto her iPod. This is my first solo release, uh, very stripped down acoustic singer songwriter stuff. Um, and so sad. So soon was on there. So she says, yeah, you know, it's on my iPod. Uh, I was like, Oh, that's fantastic. So, you know, it was just one of those gigs that it all came together, right? It went from ants and sound problems and not trusting my guitar to people making out and, you know, um, playing requests, singing from memory instead of reading, wrapping up with some songs that I knew some folks wanted to hear. Um, it was, uh, you know, really, really good. The, the tip jar coming out, right? It all, it all came together very nicely. And uh, was one of those moments where I'm like, all right, yeah, the universe is telling me that this is, this is cool, man. Like, keep, keep doing it. You know, this is working people they might have been might have just been being nice but i don't know at this point i'm kind of over that you know i'm like if they thought i sucked they would have been inside it was hot out so felt pretty good about that and wanted to uh to carry on the positivity how long are we into this thing oh my gosh this is way too long way too long all right i am going to cut it off here i believe is it too long? I don't know. Should I keep going? Should I, should I go for a new world record? Family's probably going to be home in under 20 minutes. Um, we'll uh, wrap it up with this idea. So my daughter was going to bed the other night, and she was mentioning something that she was nervous about trying to remember what this specific thing was I don't know it could be anything for the sake of the story let's say she was nervous about going back no no it wasn't about going back to school it's about something with like some physical activity to it and I said you know what you don't have to be nervous because we're going to be careful but fun um I really wish I had the specific example because now the story is kind of flat. But the the idea that I, that I wanted to play with a little bit was I said to her, we'll be careful, but fun. And then immediately I was like, it's funny that I say it that way and not, I don't tell her it's going to be fun and we're going to be careful. And I kind of caught myself because I see a lot of myself in my daughter and I want to relate to her in those ways, but if they're things that have been hangups for me, like maybe lacking confidence or optimism, thinking about what's the worst case scenario, um, you know, we, <laughs> Emma and I have strong survival instincts and they serve us well, but they also make us a little bit of a head case. And they probably keep us from having as much fun as we probably should be having because we approach it as, hey, this needs to be careful and then fun um, instead of we're going to have fun and be careful, 
right? It's just kind of a different way of approaching it. We're going to start with careful and then add in the fun, allow ourselves to have some fun with it. Um, versus, hey, let's do something fun, like go on a kayak trip or climb a rock wall or, you know, go jet skiing. It's like, but also wear the life vest and the harness and have the right equipment and the right instructors and, you know, wear, (laughs) it's like, say, build in the safety to the fun thing. I'm like, well, let's start with safe and then we'll build in fun. Um, So, I kind of caught myself because I don't want to necessarily reinforce all these things with my daughter, but I do want to relate to her that, that I understand that I empathize, but I've, um, you know, so I was like, Oh, that's kind of funny. And maybe with, with her, do I balance it out? Do I kind of project a flip in, in what I actually think and, and say, Hey, it's going to be fun. And, but it'll also be careful. So don't, you don't have to worry. She probably needs more of that than me being like, Haha, I know it's a crazy world out there. Anything could happen. You know, um, she, she needs a little bit more, Hey, let's, let's jump in, you know, um, and maybe a little bit less look before she leaps. I, I don't know. That seems so, so crazy to suggest because I want her to be safe and I want her well-being to be secure. And I think she's very wise to be a survivalist. In fact, she, the other night she even told my mom or my mom, that was a weird slip. My, she told my wife, her mom, um, that, um, before she goes to bed, she goes, mom, I just, just always think about what we have to do to make sure we don't die. And I was like, oh my God, you know, like in the parking lot, it's like, hold hands so cars don't hit you. You know, don't run out into the street, look both ways, right? We need to train little kids to think about not dying. And Emma thinks about it in those terms. She's like, yeah, mom, I just try to always make sure we don't do stuff that's going to make us dead. And I'm cracking up about it, but I'm also like, poor kid, she's only six. She shouldn't have to deal with the weight of that. Um... But then again, I did, so uh, I guess what comes around goes around. I have a vivid memory, and, and, and thank goodness that my folks are still with us um, and with me. Um, but I do have a vivid memory of being a kid and, and imagining what it was going to be like when, it, you know, if or when my parents passed away. And I was like, oh, man, that is, I was very upset, and I remember being upset. And I try to remind myself that, you know, a thought that fills the head of a six-year-old you know, they haven't had so many thoughts and they haven't covered that ground with their own mind and their own self. So that thought is going to be huge to them. It is going to be disproportionately huge because they just haven't had that many thoughts, right? So on that note, that's what I'm doing here too, is just getting my thoughts down and hanging out with myself for a half hour or an hour or so. Let's, uh, let's play a little tune. Let's play uh, Tea with Einstein. <coughs> All right, so I don't have the, the keysher for the microphone today. It's on my headphones uh, little case little soft case for the microphone and uh, got my trusty old Yamaha. acoustic guitar here. And this song is called Tea with Einstein. I used to play with the band and um, we had a great piano solo part in it 
and then when I moved, I had to decide if, if I was going to keep playing it or not. So I decided to finger pick it and <clears throat> approach it kind of like how I thought maybe Paul Simon would approach it. If you ain't got no gender, some will call you crazy, some will call you lazy, and others will call you wise. And Latin man go easy, a fool keeps banging his head. Against the wall, and that's what I call crazy. Lord knows that Al does too. They're having a laugh looking down on the zoo. All us little critters stuck in our dead ends. Wanting change. Do I pop? Do I pop? Do. Doing the same old thing. Now we all start as green as grass after a steady rain. We get knocked down too many times to get set up again. I was once a tourist, but got schooled by the streets. From Birmingham to Boston, Baltimore to New Orleans. Lord knows that Al does too. They haven't left looking down. All us little critters stuck in our dead ends Wanting change Do I bop, do I bop, do I Do the same old thing Now I've been driving this old corridor Each morning and the next Cause I know what it means to me So I'll just do my best these wheels are turning, make it all worth the wear. The trip ain't bad as long as my mind's on the good I get to have. Lord knows the Al does too. They haven't left looking down on the zoom. At all us little critters stuck in our dead end, wanting a change. Do I bump? Do There's something left to try. You know, it's like all us little critters stuck in our dead ends. Wanting a change. But do wop up do wop up up do wop up up doing the same old thing. You know, I hope you don't feel like that. I hope I don't feel like that. This is different for me. This is new. You know, this is a new way to express myself musically and personally. And um, and as a brand, if you want to talk about the music stuff. Um, so, yeah. Um, if you ain't got no agenda, some will call you crazy. Some will call you lazy. But others will call you wise. Enlightened man go easy. A fool keeps banging his head against the wall. Now, that's what I call crazy. Right? 
Um, and then Lord knows. Al does too. Al being Einstein, right? Lord knows. Al does too. Lord, like maybe, you know, Albert Einstein and God are hanging out up there. Um, having a laugh, looking down at the zoo, right? We're the zoo. If I was a deity and I looked down on earth, I'd be like, okay, yeah, let's, uh, let's uh, be entertained by these wackos for a while. Um, um, at all us little critters stuck in our dead ends, wanting a change, but doing the same old thing, right? So I'm playing off of this quote that I thought was an Einstein quote, um, but I, I'm not entirely sure. I really hope it is because it would kind of make the, the, the thread of the song fall apart if it's not him, but I'm pretty sure he said the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results. I really, really hope that is him. Um, I'm not going to Google it because I don't want to disappoint myself because I like the tune and I'm not going to change it. Um, or ah. <laughs> I just went, oh, I just threw myself into another panic. Um, no, so, um, you know, critters being stuck doing the same old thing um, would be the definition of insanity, right? And then, so the, the second verse is, we all start as green as grass after a steady rain, right? We start off real naive, green. Um, we get knocked down too many times to get set up again, right? So maybe somebody, some, uh, some hustler or some con artist or some pushy salesman sets you up and, uh, takes advantage of you. You know, maybe you get knocked down, enough times that you're not going to get set up again, right? Um, that's kind of how I feel. I had to get knocked down way more than I should have to not get set up again, right? So we get knocked down too many times to get set up again. I was once a tourist, um, but got schooled by the streets, right? I'm saying I'm admitting I was a tourist and, and I was getting taken advantage of. Um, this perfect example is in New Orleans, right, this uh, street guy comes up to me, and I'm like, I want to be happy-go-lucky, and take in the city, and engage with the people, and take in the culture, and one of the first things that fucking happens is this guy comes up to me, and he's like, hey, brother, yeah, I can, I know where you got your shoes, man, and there's some people out there that right now are like, oh, no, you did not fall for this, Um, I know where you got your shoes, man, I was like, no way, Cause I was like, how could this motherfucker know, you know, that I'm, that I'm from Maryland or, or, you know, that I got my shoes at, uh, I don't know, Foot Locker, right? I mean, I guess he could take a guess. He goes, yeah, man, you give me $2 if I tell you where you got your shoes at. And I was like, sure, man. And he's like, you got your shoes on Bourbon Street, you know? And I was like, oh, Jesus, like, that's where my shoes are right now. I was like, you're such, I was like, so, and I was like a gentle soul that had just gotten taken advantage of, and I was embarrassed, and uh, and I was like, here you go, man, and then I think he like, it, it was either him or another dude sprayed my shoes down. Or it must have been him because it was the whole shoe bit. He was like, you know, man, I'm going to clean those for you. And I don't know if he was expecting another tip or something. Or, and he might have even gotten it out of me because I was just such a, a gentle soul. And I was getting taken advantage of. And 
I hated it. It made me feel terrible. It made me sick that this dude was willing to take advantage of me. It made me sick that I was willing to be, or that I was naive enough to get taken advantage of. And just that I have to have my guard up at all makes me bummed. I'm an idealist. I'm a utopianist, I guess. Like, I wish I could just walk around and, uh, and, and kind of live this carefree, guard-down life. But, you know, you got to pick and choose that. That's, that's the life that you create up around yourself, right? That safe comfort zone life. But when you're not in that, you got to have a little bit of guard up and that bums me out. It makes me feel like part of my innocence has died. And, uh, you know, that's just the, the way of the world or maybe the result of the way that the people that are running the world, um, have made it, you know? Um, so, uh, we get knocked down too many times to get set up again. I was once a tourist, but got schooled by the streets from Birmingham to Boston. And actually, quick shout out to my sister-in-law, because I, I, I uh, took her experience. Uh, she was in Birmingham, and then the, the next city she lived in in her life was Boston. And I had visited those places as well. But um, I was thinking of her when I put those two together. I said, you know, I was like, I, what do we need at this point in the song? I was once a tourist, but got schooled by the streets. I was like, what streets? What streets did you get schooled on? So I knew I was going to keep New Orleans in there because that was personal. Um, um, Baltimore, obviously, was where I was kicking it, right? That's where I grew up. That's where I learned how to do all this. Um, it's where I became a person, right? Those were my formative years. And uh, Birmingham to Boston, Baltimore to New Orleans. And I was like, oh, that's got a ring to it. From Birmingham to Boston, Baltimore to New Orleans, right? And, uh, you know, one of those fun kind of pop rock song things where you do a couple shout outs and then... Uh, in my head when I'm on tour and playing those cities, they're like, wow, you know, yeah, that's our town. I know that's kind of a hacky joke, but, uh, that's kind of, <laughs> that's what I thought. Um, um, Birmingham, Boston, Baltimore, New Orleans, um, and then the chorus again, Lord knows, Al does too, they're having a laugh looking down on the zoo, all us little critters stuck in our dead ends, wanting to change, but do wop 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 do wop 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 do wop 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 doing the same old thing, right? And then uh, the third verse, I go into this little three-four time thing, um, I say, um, I'm driving this old corridor each morning and the next, because I know what it means to me. So I'll just do my best. It's like, you know, I'm driving this corridor. This was back when I was commuting a long time um, back and forth between work and home. And it was really kind of bumming me out that I was spending all these hours in the car, on the highway, by myself, back and forth. And I was like, man, you know, what, what am I using this time for? Um, it's just life slipping away. And I was getting kind of self, self-critical about that. And you know what? I said, you know what? fuck that. Like, don't judge yourself so harshly for that. You're doing this because it's the job you have and you're showing up to work and you're, you're putting in the hours, you're bringing home the paycheck, you're contributing to your family. And that is very important to you because I know what it means to me. So I'll keep doing my best or I'll just do my best to keep these wheels a turning and make it all worth the wear. Right. I mean, it's going to wear down you. It's going to wear down your tires. It's going to wear down your psyche. It's going to wear down your youth because your time is going. That's what you're doing with your time. Um, um, driving this whole corridor each morning and the next because I know what it means to me, so I'll keep doing my best to keep these wheels turning and make it all worth the wear. The trip ain't bad as long as my mind is on the good I get to have. Right? The trip doesn't have to be bad. You don't have to be beating yourself up while you're driving to and from work. 
if you think about the good you get to have, right? Take that time to meditate about what you're grateful for or what you're so, what you're, you know, what's so awesome about life and remind yourself that you're doing it for the right reasons. Um, and maybe reassess and think, do I have a solution out of this? Is this a problem? Do I think this is a problem or is this good? One of the things that was great about it was it, it was some alone time. And I got to listen to podcasts and talk radio and educate myself in those ways. I would sometimes listen to, uh, you know, Orioles ball games on the drive home from work. And that, you know, felt good. It made me feel like I was connected to the community and, um, you know, enjoying something that I like. And keeping up on the team, which I've been horrible about since I've been out in Arizona. I'm not the hugest baseball fan anyway, but, uh, you know, go O's. My, my heart will always be with you, even if I don't know who's on the team. <laughs> oh, it's almost that bad. Almost that bad. I could probably name half the team. Anyway, um, so the trip ain't bad as long as my mind's on the good I get to have. And, uh, and then later on I say, um, and you got to leave to come back home. And it feels a little funny to fight for love, right? Because you're, you know, what, what is that fight? If you got to leave to come back home, that's kind of self-explanatory. Um, it could be taken literally or metaphorically. Um, it's, it's wide open there. And then you, it feels a little funny to fight for love. What, what fight are we talking about there? Maybe I'm talking about the fight with myself, you know, over being, ju- judging myself um, or whether or not I'm doing the right thing or in the best ways, um, it feels a little funny to fight for love, but you're going to fight through that. You know, if you're, if you're doubting yourself, you're going to fight through it and get to the love, right? Or maybe it's a disagreement with someone that you love and you need to find some common ground and you could either let it fester and be a divisive thing between you, or you can address it and try to work through it. And you maybe even fight a little bit. You have a spat, you have a disagreement. You have to come, you know, come through that and fight through that to get to the love and if the love is is meant to be, and if it is so big and so um, immovable, and it has a gravity of its own, it's going to be worth that fight to to get to love. Um, and it's not supposed to be a bad fight. The love is going to grow through the fight. It's just part of, you know, fight is probably too strong of a word for there, but eh, that's what gives it a little dramatic tension, right? Feels a little funny to fight for love. And also it starts with F, so we get that good alliteration between feels a little funny to fight for love. There's a lot of Fs in there. Alliteration is great. It's it's nice. Anyway, that's Tea with Einstein. I hope you dug it, and I just pretended I was on Storytellers and uh, gave a little rundown of the tune. I saw Bruce Springsteen do that with a song one time, and I thought it was really cool, although he was still playing his guitar. Um, I need to bring my mic stand down here. That would be the next evolution of this. Bring the mic stand down, and that way I can either hold it or or have it um, ready for the guitar. Maybe I'll leave the guitar in my hands and, and... strum through it, you know, and tell the story. That's how Springsteen did it, at least. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Tea with Einstein, love that tune. Um, my, uh, if my overarching music strategy is to be a songwriter and get these things published and into the hands of successful artists, um, if anybody digs that tune, um, get in touch. <laughs> Gandersonmusic at gmail.com. I'm expecting... Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> a podcast that no one listens to to generate an email from someone who was willing to pay me tons of money for a song that I just played and explained on on a on a podcast rant um no that so my wife has helped me 
think about this in terms that are, are productive. She goes, well, that's the vision, right? She says, you're very good at the vision, but what's your mission and values? And then we can talk about like strategy and tactics and things. Um, I mentioned this before, this is another circle back that uh, she gave me some feedback that was really good. This was one of those things where she says, your vision is spot on. You can imagine what that would look like and what it could be. And she says, but what, you know, that's really good. And that's, that's appropriate. That's going to help, but that's not the whole picture. So I think what I'm finding is, and what she's able to help me see are these blind spots in how I'm thinking about my music career and, and what's worthwhile to put time into and what my next steps should be, what my brand should be, how I should go about this. Right. Um, and the irony of it is, is that I know I need to be doing some logistics things like, you know, booking, and um, getting people that write music reviews online to maybe check out my stuff, to get some local coverage from the local papers, and you know, figure out the art scene and reach out and do all that work. Um, uh, the irony is, is that if I've only got a limited amount of time to do this stuff, I'm gonna wanna pick up the guitar and get that, uh, that rush from it. Just a sec, I'm gonna say hi to the family and wrap this up later. All right, so I'm back. Um, I was talking about, I, I made myself a little note and I'm gonna stick to script, even though it's pretty long. This is uh, the longest one yet, but hey, there's no rules to this stuff, right? Um, and I did wanna get through my bullet points today. And one of the things I wrote down was irony of the biz side. So when I think about my music career, there's the performance side and there's the business side. Um, there's the content side and there's the business side. And I think one of my problems, or it, it, maybe it's a gift, but it's a problem, is I love to exist in the performer and the content space, and I'm less good at existing in the business side space. I do it enough to get some gigs, I do it enough to maintain my website, and, uh, and then whatever needs to happen to facilitate creating content you know, I keep my guitars in decent, um, decent order and, and strung up so I can strung, you know, strum them. So if I've, so I've, I've come back to this idea of if you've got 30 minutes to put towards it in a day, you know, maybe you've, you, you commit to spending at least 30 minutes to, you know, is that time going to be spent playing guitar and getting the immediate gratification of singing and, and playing, right? Cause there's something good for my soul from performing the music or do I need to maybe start thinking about hey if this is going to be anything more than just a hobby you need to take that half hour and use it on the business side stuff so it's kind of funny it's like if if I think about it in terms of one or the other it gets a little tricky because I'm like well if I spend all my time on the business side stuff when I actually do get a gig or when I actually do get a chance to you know, put my content out there, am I going to have the confidence in the content? Am I going to have the, am I going to feel like a genuine artist, right? Because I want to have the confidence that I'm doing this with the right intentions and in a very artistic way. Um, I don't want to come off as a hack. Um, and I want to embody the art of it. But at the same time, if I only exist in that space, then nothing really will ever come of it. I'll, I'll be, um, well, I mean, obviously so much has already come of it. I'm talking about 
like turning it into a for-profit business and thinking about it in those ways. I'm on, I'm, you can hear me tripping over the words even just saying that, right? This, I don't think of this as something that should be monetized and, and a for-profit business. And that is going to hold me back necessarily. Um, and if I, if I try to turn the switch and think about it in terms of a for-profit business, and I don't think that necessarily has to um, be at odds with the artistic side, but it's a lot for one person to do while they're also holding down a day job, right? So for me, the irony comes in that if I had a lot more time to devote to this, I could probably balance it out a little bit, a little bit better. Um, maybe when I was younger, my drive and my enjoyment and my passion for the artistic side was necessary to cultivate me and get me skillful enough in this craft to the point where I could potentially have some sort of artistic career from it. Um, I'm talking about, you know, helping to afford my livelihood and helping to support my kids and family who you might be able to hear in the background a little bit. They're uh, working on their homework. They just got home. Um, so the, you know, if I had more time, I could probably devote more to the business side of it. I've got ideas of what I need to be doing on the business side of it, but it just doesn't, doesn't light my fire, right? That's not what gets me excited. And if I've only got a little bit of time, um, I'm going to uh, do something creative. And my concern is that these podcasts are going to be, you know, just the next manifestation of content, right? So my my situation, my dilemma is that I've got a lot of songs that I feel really great about, but I want to figure out a way to turn those songs into a career. Um, and in so doing, I started doing this podcast to get my thoughts out and to help myself think through my strategies and just be honest about them and also expand my brand and uh, let people into my head with what I'm thinking about this stuff. And I'm hopeful for helpful feedback, maybe some networking, some engagement, um, all these fun things that could happen from doing a podcast. But then I'm like, oh shoot, I'm just doing the same thing with the podcast that I was doing with my songs. Now I'm, I've switched on to, wow, this is really fun and entertaining and it's a new thing to try to get good at. It's a new thing to spend my time at. And I, it feels good for me to get these thoughts off my chest. So now I've put out, this will be, I think, the fifth live at you. But, you know, it's super under the radar. I'm not promoting this very much. I'm not pushing it on people. I don't think my family even knows about it, you know. And that to me is like sort of a funny little like, ha like cool, there's all this content just waiting to be discovered. But I don't want to get too far down that road. I don't want to be putting out my 30th live at you. Um, and only have, you know, seven streams of all the different podcasts, right? Because that would defeat the purpose. That would turn it back into some self-serving, feel-good-in-the-moment-but-not-be-an-investment-in-your-music-career kind of exercise. And that's what I need to get out of. So I need to be careful about that. I need to do some meditating on that and think about that. Um... Maybe I need to take a week off from doing these things. So what, one of the things I remember saying was that doing these is going to motivate me to be cooler and have stories to, to share and to give progress updates on things. And, you know, how, how great would it be if I got to say, hey, you know what, turns out that uh, I have this network uh, to Joe Bonamassa and 
uh, fed him a song via this network and you know his manager got back to me and we're gonna see if he can record it on his next record right he really digs the ta- the song he's gonna teach his band and they're gonna send me the first cuts of the demos of it right how badass would that be right but now i'm shifting back into the vision part a little bit right um so i'm like wait i want to have content for the podcast but in order to have the content i need to live that life and I want to update not only on, hey, I played a cool party gig. Um, it started off rough, but it ended up great. Because um, that story, yeah, that's going to get me so far. But it's that's sort of the building a fan base from the grassroots dream, which was the dream that was sort of easily, you know, it was there for the take. And that's sort of the, the, the typical young man picks up the guitar, starts writing some songs, looks at his heroes in Aerosmith and Dave Matthews band and thinks like, wow, rock star, that's how to do it. Like, that's how to make an, uh, a living out of your art. And then, and then you get older and you learn about guys like J.J. Kale, who was a cool performer in his own right, but also made part of his living and part of his... Um, his contribution to music via um, other people playing his songs like Clapton playing Cocaine and I think After Midnight are two J.J. Kale songs so maybe I want to be a little bit more like J.J. Kale and let the Claptons of the world play my songs so um, yeah I'm gonna gonna have to be careful about that and not let that irony that if I've only got a half hour I'm gonna go pick up a guitar and sing because that's what feels good right now um, and that's what's going to keep me sharp as an artist. Like I want, I want to be an artist. Uh, I think to the to the core. You know, we'll go sit down at the piano, get some ideas down, get them on voice memos, send them to my friends, and collaborate and get music and content out there. But at the same time, I want to feed this dream, and I want to feed it in a way that's going to be, um, you know, productive. So anyway, I'm going to wrap it up. Y'all be good. Hey, Bryn, come here. Hey, hey Brynny. Oh, I was going to have Bryn sign off for us today. Hey, Bryn, come here. I need you real quick. What? Bryn and Emma, come here. All right, you guys. I'm just wrapping I'm just No, no, no just, I'm just wrapping up my recording. Um, so say something nice and like let people know that I want them to have a good week ahead, okay? Let them know like, "Hey, you know, be good to each other, be nice and have fun." Like that kind of thing. What would you like to say to the people? Um, we like Playing on hello in the car. Yes. Brynn is letting us know that she loves to sing along with Adele's hello when we drive around in the car. All right, Emma, what would you like to say? I'm going to hold it. You just speak regular. Just speak regular. You don't have to get close. Just speak regular. I'm doing lunch bunch. Oh. It's going to be so fun. I get to eat with my teacher. It's, it's um, going to happen tomorrow. I'm so proud of you, buddy. Because I clipped up to Mrs. Bono. Next, she told me to again, so, and I said, I'm already at Miss Bono. And then she said, you're our first person at Lunch Bunch. Oh, congratulations, sweetie. <laughs> so proud of you. She's doing great at first grade. Hun, do you want to say anything? I'm just signing off. Hi. <laughs> say, say. What does your dad say? What's your guys' motto? Be good, do excellent, and have fun. All right. Those are good words to wrap up on. Peace.